We interrupt your neural feed podcast experience for a delightful bit of illegal targeted marketing. Are you in the arts and entertainment industry? Do you need various and sundry crimes done on your behalf? Well, then you need the assistance of the talent agency, a cyberpunk actual play podcast. Jobs completed with ribald and rebellious queerness or your money back. The talent agency. Be gay, do cry. Ah, good evening, traveler, and welcome to the Penumbra. Take your seat, please. Take your seat. The junction lies ahead, so if you'll allow me just a moment. We are now approaching Fort Terminus. Our next stop, the battle at World's End. Sir Caroline, my last missive to you was a command, not a request. Our danger here only worsens. You and your squadron must return to defend the Citadel immediately. If you do not, I can't be certain what state the Second Citadel will be in when you do return. Because I am growing increasingly certain that there is a monster lurking here. Certain that there is a monster crawling in my castle's very walls. I know how that must sound, but there's evidence enough. Weeks ago, one of my silk scars went missing. I assumed I had misplaced it, but now, when I awaken late at night, I'm certain I see the thing that stole it. Out of the corners of my eyes, a huddled shape with... claws. Long legs, thin as spears that twist and crack in the shifting moonlight. I can give no more description than this, for when I light my torch or brave a closer look, the creature disappears. Its indistinct edges bristle, and it slides between the cracks in the walls, and then it is gone. In hiding somewhere. This might be reassuring. A creature that fears me can't pose too great a threat, I should think, but I find it difficult to linger on that reassurance when I wonder on this creature's purpose in observing me. When I wonder if there has ever been a night when I have failed to catch it and it has approached my bedside on long legs and done what it seeks to do. My apologies. These difficult times and the constant light in my chambers have led to even less sleep than usual. Sir Caroline, you are needed back in the Citadel at once. I fear to think what this creature may do to my subjects once it tires of me. Signed... Queen Mira of the Second Citadel. I believe our preparations are complete. Or as complete as it seems they'll get at any rate. Are you sure, sweets? It seems like there are an awful lot of questions we still don't have answered. I concur with the delightful and possibly dangerous new comrade you found us, Sir Caroline. For example, 
Wherever has Sir Damien gone to? Yeah, and where's that lizard monster you all were hunting? Didn't you say you went after it, Rilla? And how, precisely, has our herbalist made it out of that beast's clutches unscathed? Why, yes, I would like to know that too, Rilla. Would you care to elaborate? I told you I can't. And why not? I just can't. Let's move on. All right, then. Rilla has decided we are to move on, and by the literally no authority she possesses, I'm sure we'll all be satisfied to listen to her. These are the facts of our situation. First, what we know about Fort Terminus. Almost nothing. From the sounds coming through that door, we can determine that there is a great crowd of monsters on the other side, working at something. Weapons, perhaps? Though we can't know for sure until we enter the fort. Telfrin, your report on our entryway. Oh, um... Hi, everybody. My name's, um, Talfrin, and I, uh, looked at some of the holding cells that lead into, y- you know, the fort. <clears throat> well, uh, first of all, there isn't any evidence of traps or, you know, monster burrows or anything in the, those rooms. There's evidence that a lot of monsters have gone through them lately, all kinds of feathers and hair and shed scales and leaves and... Yeah, uh, but, but what's weird is how old all that stuff is. There's a layer on top that's pretty new, like within the last couple months maybe, but underneath that it's just BOOM! Suddenly all the tracks and everything are ancient. Some of it's nearly fossilized. Like, nobody used this place for millennia before recently. And there isn't anything growing, no moss or- That's enough. We'll continue on. Uh, oh, okay. An impressive presentation, my friend. Bravo! My own investigation of the fort's entrance yielded similar information, and nothing else that makes any sense. I inspected the locking mechanisms for the doors leading into the fort to ensure we would not be trapped inside, but the locks are broken. Utterly. And in such an interesting way, too. The metal's all warped from the inside. Twisted and smashed up. It would have taken a burst of really amazing magical power to do that. A sure sign that the lizard's incarceration was just one more monstrous manipulation. A show put on to confuse the humans. Now, which? Quan Yi... Your report on magical interference. I can't believe you gave me a homework. Meanie. Now. Fine. One lame report by Kwan Yi. Fort Terminus is built of cursed stone that prevents anybody from teleporting into or out of it. No magic portals, no smoke clouds, no fun songs that go poof and then you're gone. Nothing. You can't even really turn invisible. You just turn a little green instead. The worst color... And what are your chances of lifting this curse? <laughs> lifting it? No, no, that's not how this works. The curse is part of the stones that Fort Terminus is made from. You might as well remove the hardness from the stone. By the time you were done, it wouldn't be the same thing at all. Oh, I don't like this. But that doesn't make any sense. If not being teleported into is just part of this stone, what if you brought in something that teleporting was just part of? Wouldn't that make a contradiction? Rilla, you're just making it worse. Of course it would. That's the fun part. Because at that point, either the universe rips a big old hole in itself trying to make everything work. Stop! Or whichever force was stronger would win out. But I have to tell you, sweets, it would take something really powerful to beat that much cursed rock. To teleport out of there, you'd need one of the strongest magical forces there is. You'd need a god. A miracle. Or a catastrophe, sweets. So which was it, hmm? A wonderful report, I say. Bravo, good witch, bravo! And with that, we've only one report left. Now, herbalist, 
Tell us all about... Ah, but just a moment, Sir Caroline. I have not yet made my report. I didn't assign you a report, Sir Angelo. I told you to stand guard out here while we examined the cells. And guard I did, Sir Caroline. But a restless mind without direction can sink even the greatest plan. I then examined the stones that compose this fort, and I came upon an incredible discovery. Something as fascinating as the rock's magic powers. Because you see, in addition to being magical, this rock is... Porous! Porous. Indeed, and hardly sturdy at all. With proper tools or Sir Angelo the Strong to help you, they can be broken quite easily. Like so. Uh, Angelo, Angelo, the Angelo, don't! don't. Hmm? Why ever not? Sir Angelo, I'm going to ask that you leave the strategy to the strategist. Of course, Sir Caroline. But I thought perhaps I could lighten your load a bit. Breaking the walls is not possible. But it is. I did it myself. Sir Angelo! Angelo, we're under the ocean and right next to a waterfall that leads off the edge of the world into a huge, bottomless nothing. What do you think's going to happen if we start breaking this place apart? The day will be saved? We'll drown, or be crushed, or fall off the side of the world, or any one of a hundred other horrors, so please, just let Sir Caroline finish and then we can get out of here. Hmm. <sighs> yes, Rilla. Well, then... Herbalist, if you want to move along so badly, let's hear your report, hmm? And maybe this time you'll be so kind as to tell us from where this information came, if you don't mind. I'm sure that as we investigate the disappearance of your fiancé, a knight of the crown no less, you'll be telling us this tale a good many times. It'll be interesting to hear how consistent you are about it. I don't know where Damien is. Tell your story, Herbalist. And it isn't a story, just a report. So, here's everything I know about the thing we'll have to kill. The gigantic living weapon the monsters are keeping out here. It isn't fully grown yet, for one thing. Mark and I found its larvae in the jungle near my hut, and even those almost killed us. It's supposed to take eons to grow up. 1,000 years before it enters its cocoon, then 55,000 years before it emerges. But the monsters found something, some magical cloth that can make insects age 1,000 years in a day. The chrysalis cloth! Like those besotted bee beauties. Sure, that. So it needs 56 days to fully mature now, and nobody's seen what its adult form is like yet, or how much power it has. But I do know what it does. Fear. It controls fear, and not in some little kid monster under the bed kind of way. But in a way built up for each person who it contacts. All the sides of fear, everything fear can make you do. All of it. Ah, ah, ah. Aram, staying here too long could kill you. You have to go. With the portal to the swamp open, my connection to the keep is clearer. The pain is still severe, but not fatal. Most likely. Sure, but we don't know how long that portal's going to stay open. You have to go, now. No. My own recovery will be pointless if the weapon they're growing completes its metamorphosis. It will destroy your citadel, Amaryllis, and in a way deeper and direer than breaking its walls or killing its people. And it will destroy you, and I can't, I won't live in that world. Okay, okay. You're sure there's nothing I can do about your pain? Really sure? The keep will fix it. I'd worry more about your knight. The kind of pain we've inflicted upon him is not so easily mended. 
Don't say that. We did nothing wrong. Everything just got so complicated. There was no way to think through it in time, and Damien didn't know what he was doing, and you were in danger, and... Yes. Complicated seems just the word, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, we've hacked through the tangles in our web, it seems. Only time will tell if its silk can still support our weight. (sighs) Now, the weapon... You've met it before, Amaryllis, though not in its full maturity. The grubs that beat like hearts are its larval state, and you saw how powerful those could be. Overflowing with such incredible empathetic power that they spill over into what surrounds them. Fungi and each other and the universe itself. Empathetic? They read emotions? Minds? Not read. See. Taste. Feel. Just as you can see mist you walk through, taste water you swim through. Just as you can change the shape of either by feeling them, cutting through them with your body. They feel emotion, Amaryllis. And in feeling they can change it, mold it, shape it. I never saw the grub in its adult form, and so... I'm not precisely certain what that maturation of its potential will do. But fear is an incredibly potent force, Amaryllis. Minds may shatter at a glimpse of the unknowable, but that is nothing compared to the damage it can inflict just before the shattering point. Trauma, betrayal, manipulation. Those who wield fear well can induce almost any behavior they choose. So you think it uses fear to get people to do things? Hurt each other? To start. Yes. And unlike the larvae you saw, which could only read and affect what lay around them, the mature form has a longer reach. Much longer. Even now, encased in its cocoon, it can likely reach across the northern wilds. When it emerges, all four regions of the world may fall under its sway. And that cannot... Rilla, your time with the lizard has passed. Sir Caroline... Damn it, I completely forgot. Sir, another night? I'm sorry, Aram, you have to go. Barricading the door will hold her back for a few seconds, but if she sees you, she's going to kill you. And you brought her here? No! Yoo-hoo, pretty Rilla. You promised me four scaly lizard thumbs, and it's time to pay your debt. You promised her what? I didn't, I mean, I didn't not promise them. I mean... Uh, Rilla, we're coming for that lizard. You have to go now. But I still have to tell you... Now! The weapon has a specific target, Amaryllis. One that I chose. She's right outside. Go. I can figure this out. Oh, what if she can't answer because the lizard got her? What if she's mauling her as we speak? How grievous. Lizard, if you laid a finger on her, I'll behead you twice before I'm satisfied. Listen to me. The grub is attuned to your... What is... What's happened? Are you hurt? Near to death. My very soul. My morale. My mood. It's been crushed, Sir Caroline. Crushed. Your mood. There's just such an awful anti-magic curse in this room, and I couldn't stand a single second of it. Enough about your mood. The lizard... 
Rilla, I swear, just a moment ago I saw the lizard by that strange plant. I tried to stop him. He was talking, telling me everything about the weapon they're hiding here. A likely story. This is treason. I knew you weren't to be trusted. I knew it. Uh, Rilla? Oh, sorry. Just feeling a little... dazed. That's all I know. I'm sorry. And I can't tell you how I know it. (sighs) Well then, it's a strategist nightmare. Against us, we face a weapon we know nearly nothing about within a heavily populated battlefield owned by the enemy that has been specifically, magically prepared to make retreat as difficult as possible. With very delicate walls, Sir Caroline. With delicate walls. Walls we cannot, under any circumstances, break. And what do we have to our advantage? Well, two knights, two civilians, one whose allegiances we know very little about. Does she mean me or you, sweets? Well, I suppose it's probably not a good sign if I have to ask. (laughs) Probably not. Have I forgotten anything? Shemark might still be able to help? Another civilian, miles away. What a great boon for us all. Sir Damien, then. He must still be in the fort. Even if he is there, he is alone in an enemy stronghold. He won't last long. If he's still alive. Well, on that cheery note, should we go into the terrible nightmare fortress now? We should. Well, if we should go, um, may I ask why none of us are moving? Because we all know what's probably going to happen to us when we do. Oh. Um, Investigator General, perhaps as our leader, an inspiring speech might be in order. We will win this day because we have no other choice. That is all. Well, the message is good, but perhaps one of those rousing metaphors that people seem so fond of... I will take the lead, followed by Telfrin with his spear. Sir Angelo, you will cover us from behind. Now, take your places, and then we march down the hall, through the cell, and then to Fort Terminus. What do you think is in there? Shh! Terrible things, I'm sure. If the weapon we know about is so horrifying. Shh! Think how awful the ones we don't know about must be. (laughs) This is the cell. Quiet! Sounds like a huge monster in there. A monster with a million stomping feet. An army ten thousand strong. A faceless force as slick as mist. A stomach bubbling and churning. It sounds like the end of the world. Enough of this. Brace yourselves. I'm opening the door on one, two, three... Sir Caroline, what is it? It's... nothing. The noises are gone. And this place... is completely empty. You might presume me insane, Sir Caroline, given the tenor of my past letters to you. And to that, I can only say I presume the same thing. Because even when racked with fear, I do my duty to my country and my people. Insanity would make a certain amount of sense. I was the only one to see the shadow monsters to begin with. I continue to waste royal pigeons on you to no response. And madness would suit me well enough. I've known that for years. 
The mind can only take so much strain after all, and so, for years of this work, years of pulling deeply from whatever fundamental resource lurks beyond exhaustion, like a long, thick needle extracting the very marrow of my bones, I have felt the constant, quiet assurance that I would one day snap, brittle as a twig, beneath the weight of all I have piled upon myself, so... Perhaps my own madness was the inevitable conclusion of ruling as I have, with the hand on every process, and still knowing always it is never enough, and never enough, and never ever enough. But I am not mad. And I have proof. When I first saw this shadow thing, I decided that I would wait three days before I did anything. Just three days. To act too quickly might cause panic. To act not at all would lead to disaster. And so, three days was not enough, and too long all at once. But as a ruler, one must often walk every wrong road simultaneously, and let the guilt weigh only on oneself. So I let three days pass. Then I went to my head medic to tell him what I'd seen. He looked incredulous at first. He only looked over my shoulder, as if afraid to meet my eyes. And so I assumed from the first moment that he thought I was insane, and by the end of my story I had found a kind of peace in that, had planned out exactly who I would trust with each of my responsibilities, and who with my care, while mad Queen Mira was locked in her tower forevermore. But when I finished, he did not declare me mad. He told me what he was looking at. He had seen one a shuffling shape in the dark corner of his office. He saw one right then, only moments after I described it. What do you make of that, Sir Caroline? For if I am insane, then my doctor had caught madness from me. Which is, of course, impossible. And so it must be true that monsters stand guard in our citadel's shadows. I am certain of it. And I will do anything necessary to stop them. So I will continue to send you these letters, even if you ignore them, even if you follow through on your threat to eat every pigeon I send. I will stuff you with royal pigeons if need be, but I will not give up on my citadel. Never. No matter how much fear I feel. And if you and your companions do not return, we'll take care of these beasts ourselves, whatever the consequences. Signed, Queen Mira of the Second Citadel. If you've enjoyed this tale, please consider donating to the Penumbra on Patreon. Our artists work tirelessly to bring you these stories, and if you have the means, we hope you will support our efforts. Every dollar helps. You can find that page at patreon.com slash thepenumbrapodcast. You can also support the Penumbra by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter at thepenumbrapod, following us on Tumblr at thepenumbrapodcast, telling your friends about us, telling your friends to tell their friends about us, and especially by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. Every rating, comment, and kind word spreads our stories further and inspires us to keep creating more and better tales to come. We would like to give special thanks to all who support us on Patreon, but especially to Minchowski, Amy Tombleson, Ezra Acton, Aurora Sear, Ota Arcana, Rowan Collins, Garrett M., Jay Yanazelli, Karen Z.H., Fiona Parker, Reagan, Kim Zygen, and Jamie Gunter for their incredibly generous contributions per episode. Thank you. Did you know that the Penumbra has merchandise for sale? It's true. 
The Penumbra has partnered with DFTBA to bring you the posters, shirts, and pins your heart desires. Just go to DFTBA.com and search for the Penumbra podcast. This tale, The Battle at World's End, was told by the following people. Cat Buckingham as Queen Mira, Leslie Drescher as Sir Caroline, Melissa Enulet as Rilla, M. Sutherland as Sir Angelo, Melissa De Jesus as Kwan Yi, Jason Mellon as Talfrin, and Noah Symes as Lord Aro. The Penumbra is created and produced by Sophie Kaner and Kevin Vibert. If you wish to know more about our ever-expanding, infinitely creative team of artists, musicians, editors, designers, and managers, you can read about them in the show notes of this episode. I'm afraid this is the end of the line for today, dear traveler. We hope you will ride with the Penumbra again soon.